Welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous, AA Meeting On Air. My name is Steve and I'm an alcoholic. We'll start our meeting with the serenity prayer. God, God, grant grant me the serenity to to accept the things things I cannot cannot change, courage to change the things things I can, and and the the wisdom to know the difference. The preamble of Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. (coughs) AA is not allied with any set, denomination, politics, organisation or institution. does not wish to engage in any controversy and neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. Welcome to our meeting this morning. We have members of the fellowship in who will be sharing their experience, strength and hope about the journey of recovery from alcoholism. And to start the sharing off this morning, Sue, do you want to share? Yes, um, thank you. My name's Sue and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Sue. Hi, Sue. Um, My journey started when I was um, 12. I had a very, uh, that was my first very serious drunk. Um, And my drinking just progressed on the weekends. Just, it was fun. It was something that we did. Um, I grew up in an environment where it was rugby, racing and beer. My brothers are in the racing industry. So I was also, um, you know, surrounded by that sort of drinking and gambling as well. Um, years later, when I was 17, I'd left home. I had very little education. I was drinking every day and living with someone. And, you know, drinking happened every day from that point on. I remember at 21 thinking, gosh, you know, how could I get to this point? But I never really did anything about it. I just kept on going. Um, in the big book, it talks about different experiences of drinking and and we didn't go to the pub, but we made homebrew, homebrew wine and beers and, um, and also smoked pot. But um, when I got to about 22, I decided I wanted a change and I decided to do running and... Um, meditation and I followed a guru for a couple of years and I just totally went off everything and but you know after a while I got sick of living like a nun you know it was um it was just getting to me so the first day that I left that um group I you know I picked up my first inclination was to go back to drinking and drugging straight away you know from then on um again I was drinking every day using um different substances um you know to because I was bored and I was lonely and I went back to the man I used to live with and he didn't want to live with me anymore because you know my drinking I, I turned into a different person when I when I drank and the drinking was worse than before, you know. In the end, I was becoming aggressive and, yeah, a few horrible things happened at parties and I just blamed them. It was never my fault. But, you know, I had a big mouth and I became quite arrogant in my drinking. It wasn't until, um, you know, I was I had rock bottom. You know, everyone has a rock bottom. Mine was sleeping on a mattress on the floor. Everything I owned could fit into two clean sack rubbish bags. And I was scared. I was afraid. I don't remember ringing Alcoholics Anonymous, their service centre, but I remember going. I was directed to go to the young people's meeting. I was 24 at the time. And, and after that meeting... Um, 
somebody 12-step me, what we call, we, we sit down and we have a chat about our drinking because you really have to identify. Um, sometimes it takes a little while to see the similarities because, you know, my um, inclination is to be different. I'm special. I'm not like you, you know. But after a while, I did begin to see the similarities, you know, even though my drinking history had not been as long as some of the old-timers, my drinking in effect was the same when I picked up something I couldn't put it down and then I wouldn't stop at alcohol you know it just went on and on and on till I passed out went to sleep something like that or something bad happened and I had to you know leave the party quickly because I'd caused some kind of altercation with girls so you know I wasn't the sort of girl you took home to mum in the end you know I dressed from in black from head to foot and I was very lost I had no education at the time I left school about 15 you know and that was primarily so I could buy drinking and drugging stuff and enjoy that kind of you know um, instant gratification I, I came and I stayed in AA they told me at my first meeting I could leave this place and never drink again and that I could also never be alone again and and that was true you know I I engaged in the activities that um, long-term members did I went to regular meetings I talked to a sponsor I got a very good sponsor um, who wouldn't put up with my nonsense and and you know I needed that and you know that lady I owe her my life she taught me how to live this program by faith you know we we have a spiritual reprieve on a daily on a you know a daily basis if we don't have that in our lives then we drink again and I certainly didn't want to go back to where I come from I was really enjoying hanging out with my 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 um conscience group we did lots of fun things because as young people in AA you still want to do stuff you still want to go out you still want to hang with friends and I was fortunate we were very active you know we went we went sorry um parachute jumping we did whitewater rafting and those things were just things I'd never experienced before so I was so grateful for that because I I was lonely you know when I left the the scene that I was in everybody used my family used you know we were all addicted to something so it was good to be with people who had a common um a goal you know we didn't want to drink again and we would do anything so that wouldn't happen in our lives and that was never a chore for me I always enjoyed it later on as I got more mature my conscience group let me um wash dishes <laughs> I wasn't shaking so much then so I could hold them and not drop them and back then people smoked in meetings you know we I washed ashtrays with everybody else because that's what you did and then of course um, I became contacts for um, people who wanted to know more about AA or wanted to be 12 step and we would go out and talk to those people and explain to them our experience, strength and hope, which I'm sharing with you today. You know, my my um, experience might not have been as long as some people, but I certainly can relate to what happens when I drink, you know. And for me, I just couldn't stop, you know. I'm just, you're, I don't know, I'm just a drunk at the end of it, you know. And, um, yeah, and, you know, morals go out the window for me and it's it's very difficult to keep peace now I have peace and serenity in my life you know I try to do do the next right thing 
and and that's always kept me um, safe, I guess. And I've met and grown as a person, made lots of really cool friends, and and I wanted what they had. You know, they say, you know, when you come into AA, you know, find someone who has something that you want. And I know my sponsor. You know, she used to be a prostitute. She embezzled funds, but she, even though she was very poor. She um, lived very simply and she lived in a, a palace in Hearn Bay. And I was like, how could you have been so, such a rotten person and end up in such a beautiful environment? And she would say to me, you know, it's all God, Sue. You know, because many times I would ring her up and I'd want to tell her all my woes. And she would ask me, have you prayed about it, Sue? And I'd go, no, why would I want to do that? And she said, well, my job is to unplug you from the dependency on people, places and things and plug you into God because that's where you need to get your strength from. That's your source of power. That's, you know, part of our our steps are, you know, praying for the power to do God's will and, and gaining power through that connection with a higher power. And, you know, I had to learn that one day at a time. And, you know, she taught me, that's what I mean by she taught me how to live this program by faith. It takes, you know, a, sometimes it takes a lot of effort to stop, think and pray, but I've never regretted doing it. It was, it, it just helped and it's, you know, a lot of us can't explain why it works, but it just works and it just adds that extra dimension into your life. You know, I, I was very lucky. I went on and I got an education in AA and now I work in education and I just give, you know, all that credit to God to trying to do the next right thing in front of me. And, you know, even though, you know, education and I can remember my first um, exam saying to the lecturer, oh, my God, I don't think I can pass a, an exam. I might have ever only passed one in all my school life. And she said, Sue, it's just like this. If you put the effort in, then you'll get a result. And I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. Because that's what they taught me in AA. If you put the effort in, then you'll get a really great result. If you don't put any effort in, then you'll get nothing. So you might as well go out and drink again, because what's the point? Why be miserable? And I didn't want to do that. You know, my, my main focus was one day at a time. If I do the next right thing, I go to meetings, I talk to people about what I've been doing and my experience, strength and hope, then, you know... It's sharing the gratitude. It's sharing the journey, and and that's what Alcoholics Anonymous is all about. One alcoholic talking to another, and um, and it's easy, you know. Once you decide what you want to do and take that first step, get to a meeting, talk to someone, then you know it's worth it. You won't regret it. Thank you. Thanks, Sue. Thanks, Sue. Uh, you're on 104.6 Planet FM with Alcoholics Anonymous, AA meeting on air. And we have members of the fellowship on this morning sharing their experience, strength and hope about their journey of recovery from alcoholism. And the next person to share this morning is Roger. Would you want to share? Yes, good morning. My name is Roger and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Roger. Hi, Roger. Um, it's... Uh, 38 years since I had a drink or a drug and it's all down to AA uh, and my constant attendance at AA. Uh, I was born into a family that did not drink much at all so I didn't have that, uh, you know, experience around me. I didn't have that role model that was flat out drinking but I 
slowly progressed into this disease, which I understand is a progressive illness. It gets worse, it doesn't get better as we go along. It gets better, of course, if I stop drinking. So I was in this situation. I, I was I went to boarding school. I had I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth, some might say, because I had uh, lived in a sheep farm and had everything that was needed. All the material things were there. Lost my father through a, uh, an accident at, at age four. I don't know whether that had any influence on my life, but it certainly did. But I don't know that it caused me to drink. Anyway, around 1718, I started, I found that wonderful elixir that uh, lifted all my cares and worries, uh, namely alcohol. And it was okay for a while. I uh, made friends and most of them drank. Uh, people that I, that I cohabited with were, were all drinkers. And I finally, um, you know, it, it took me to various places, uh, um, things that denied in my mind that I was anything other than not an alcoholic. I made um, international rugby teams and being a Kiwi, that was a top of the line stuff, you know, and I, and I uh, during the rugby season, I didn't drink which is another initial, you know, not many rugby players don't drink, but I kind of realized that it was um, detrimental to my health. So I, I wouldn't drink during the season. But when the season ended, I really get into it and, and start um, uh, drinking heavily. So it finally ended up, I got married in New Zealand and then I walked out on my family in New Zealand and did a, what we know in, in AA as a geographical. I went to England and uh, I guess in a hope that I would leave my life behind. But of course I took Roger with me and uh, and I, as soon as I got it, one of the first things that happened to me was I walked through a plate glass window and got arrested, which was the last thing that happened to me when I was in Wellington before I left for England. So I did take me with me all right and, uh, and I kind of continued to drink and then I got divorced and married and divorced and married again. Uh, and in my final marriage, um, I actually married a very sick alcoholic, and I think she would be the only person that would have had me at that time because I was also a very sick alcoholic. And uh, within a couple of years, uh, we were both in treatment for addiction to alcohol, and I, I got sober and she didn't, which was very sad because she was a wonderful, wonderful person. She died 30 years later, but I, by that time I was long gone. I couldn't live with the alcohol um, and, and stay sober myself in the early years. But anyway, I found AA through that treatment program in the UK and I went back to London where there were over 400 meetings a week, and which was I was very lucky and uh, got started in there and, and got a sponsor and, uh, and uh, you know, things progressed from there on. Haven't had to have a drink since. Or, or a mood-altering chemical, for that matter. Unless I was prescribed by a doctor. So, uh, I have everything to thank Alcoholics Anonymous for. I, I got involved in the steps and, um, you know, my first step of... Uh, 
um, admitting I was powerless over alcohol took a, a long time to arrive, my knowledge of the fact that I was powerless over alcohol. I actually went into the treatment centre on the family program. You know, how, how big can the denial be? Given my um, experience of having blackouts, uh, I put my second wife into hospital in a blackout. Uh, her father came to see me the next morning and said, Roger, what are you going to do about this? And I said, look, um, I, what happened? You know, it was as bad as that. I couldn't remember. She's in hospital. Anyway, I did, signed the pledge, said I won't drink again and so on. Well, I didn't drink, but I started using other chemicals, other drugs. And, uh, and that kind of led me back to the old ways. And I, I went to two AA meetings that time, um, more or less marched in by my father-in-law. And he thought it was a wonderful uh, organisation, very democratic and so on. But I didn't think it was for me. I thought, I'll do it my way. I've lived my life so far and, and uh, we're supposed to look after ourselves and have to be strong. I'll do it my way. So my way was to continue to use dope and other dr drugs uh, and back to alcohol. Eight years later, I went to my third AA meeting, finally, after being in treatment. And uh, I really, uh, my life started to take off. There is no doubt about it. I was dying and I stopped dying and started to live. And all thanks to the people in AA and, and that life and the 12 steps. Now, uh, now I work in the field of addiction and work with alcoholics and, and so it's a, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful experience. I couldn't wish for more. I'm not married now at all. I stopped drinking and I stopped getting married, I always say. <laughs> I stopped drinking and I stopped getting married. And so for 38 years, I haven't got married. <laughs> got divorced once, but not married. And uh, so and I'm not against marriage. I think it's the most wonderful thing. And I've got four, five wonderful children and... Uh, what is it, 11 grandchildren. So I am very grateful. None of that would have happened. Uh, well, actually, I, I won't say the children mightn't have happened and the grandchildren mightn't, but I certainly wouldn't have been around. I've got no doubt that I would be dead by now, the way I was going. My physical health has got better. Um, and, and the thing is, I'm able to look after my physical health now at 80 you know, I'm always going to the doctor and he's always prescribing this, that, and I'm always being sent to various specialists. But I do go to them and they, and they help me and I've got, I think, a pretty good um, health at the moment. And uh, I think the future is bright. I, I, instead of the doom and gloom, I was in a basement flat in London uh, before I got into recovery and everything was doom and gloom. The world looked black. Um, I couldn't see any hope for anybody or me. And it's completely the reverse today. I think it's a fantastic place, we're, world to live in. Um, the things that actually enthuse me are love and care of others. I learned to be empathetic, to think of others instead of just me. And I, I do believe that we as alcoholics have to think of ourselves when we're drinking. 
or we would not survive. You know, we have to be selfish in that sense. But as soon as we get sober, that selfishness starts to go, starts to fade, and I start to think of others and start to empathise with them. Thanks for being here this morning. Thanks, Roger. Uh, you're listening to Alcoholics Anonymous on 104.6 Planet FM. And this morning we have members of our fellowship in sharing their experience, strength and hope about the journey of recovery from alcoholism. Uh, to continue on with the sharing, Rob, do you want to share? Yeah, hi. My name's Rob and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, uh, Rob. Uh, before I start sharing, really, I suppose I'd like to say that I don't profess to be an expert in alcoholism. I certainly don't profess to be an expert in recovery, um, but I certainly do know a lot about my story and how I felt and how alcohol affected me. Um, I'm very proud to say that today I'm sitting here 889 days sober, and 890-odd days ago I, I wouldn't have been in a position to be able to sit here and share anything with anyone because I was fully immersed in, in the grips of um, my alcoholic addiction. Um, I suppose I my first experiences through alcohol came by being brought up in an um, alcoholic home and it certainly um, had a, an influence on how I viewed alcohol. I, um, as I was growing up in England, I, I just um, used alcohol as many other teenagers would and it was all good fun and um, I probably drank a bit more than most. But um, like Rogers just indicated, I played football and I would sort of model my dr- um, drinking around that sport. Well, until I came to New Zealand that my alcoholism really began to flourish and that all the hidden uh, traits that I had around my drinking began to manifest into something just a little bit greater than what would norm- a normal person would expect. Um, you know, it started off by just drinking more than anyone else and always being the last person to leave a party or always being the last person to to go around and pick up the drinks and right through to near the end um, hiding bottles of alcohol around my house um, trying to manipulate circumstances so that I could get a drink the realities are that um, when I drink I become a drunk. Um, There's no halfway for me. Um, I'm a 24-hour drunk. When the moment I wake up, I started drinking and I would drink right through till I collapsed, which was more than once during the day and until I fell asleep at night. Um, Alcohol sort of became the, the actions that I was taking on a daily basis were all the things that I didn't want to do and didn't want to become. Um, and that, that trait continued for many years until I finally began to seek help. Uh, unfortunately, the first time that I went to seek help, I ended up in a, in a treatment centre and my parting words when I left that treatment centre was that I'm not like any of you. Well, of course, with that type of attitude, it wasn't going to be long before I was back out there exploring and trying to have another drink in another way in another fashion um 
I tried that on many occasions. Um, I'd love to say that I went into a treatment centre and got sober straight away. That didn't happen for me. It uh, took two, three, well, if I'm being really honest, probably four times to go into a treatment centre until I finally started to understand what recovery could bring. You see, I, I couldn't imagine life without having alcohol as my primary escape route. Um, it, it, it solved for me, or I thought it solved for me, all the issues that I would would have. Um, you know, it made me feel good at certain times. It it let me escape from the realities of life. And um, what I couldn't see, though, was what it was doing around me was turning everything into destruction. Uh, I, I, I was a walking um, catastrophe just waiting to explode. And um, it wasn't until I really started to grab a hold of this fellowship, the fellowship of AA, that I managed to move from just trying to stay sober and into a life of what I call now recovery. Um, The fellowship of AA has managed and given me the opportunity to rebuild my life. Um, Unlike Roger, I've got sober and I've stayed married. I'm very fortunate that um, my, my wife... Um, has stuck with me through thick and thin. I, I don't understand why. This this year we're coming up to celebrate our 42nd wedding anniversary. And, um, you know, to to go through all that we've gone through with a loving partner is is such a strength to me. She doesn't fully understand my how I think as an alcoholic. She certainly knows the, the, um, the results of me drinking. Um... But it's it's certainly a strength that I I can draw upon. What what the the fellowship have done has um, allowed me through my sponsor to begin to walk these twelve steps. And the realities are that I couldn't um, ever get past step one. Was I I couldn't ever really admit to the fact that my life was out of control, and that um, alcohol was was just a complete disaster for me so we had to spend a long time sitting around and talking about step one but once I managed to get through that life started to become easier Um, you know they say that success the only time success comes before hard work is in the dictionary um, and and that's true you know if you if you want to be successful at something you you've you've got to work hard at it you, you, you can't afford to um, just sit back and expect things to happen. Uh, you know, fellowship, the Fellowship of AA taught me that this is a program of action. Every, every day I have to get up and, and take actions. This morning I got up and looked at the sky and looked at the sun and said, the action that I'm going to take today is to stay sober. I've done that for the last 889 days. And um, it, it's working. Um, whenever I now see that something needs to be actioned and and needs to be addressed i i do it immediately um one of my great friends in aa says it's great to eat humble pie while it's warm don't let it get cold and i found that to be so true um you know i i've got a life today that i could never imagine um i i do love life i I love life and and i love life without alcohol 
a love life where uh, all the mistakes that I've made in the last week or in the last month, I've known I've made a mistake and I can tell you what they were. And, um, and they, were, they were done with a rational mind. And, you know, when I was drunk, um, I never had a rational mind. I don't think I actually had a mind at all. Um, because the only thing that was on my mind was how can I get my next drink? Life's so much easier today being able to not contrive how I'm going to get my next drink, but just to enjoy the moment and enjoy the day as we, as it progresses. You know, there's no bad day. There's only bad moments and the bad moments will pass and the day will just continue on um, regardless of what we think. So um, I'm really, really pleased to be here today and um, I thank you for the opportunity to speak and I thank you for listening. Thanks, Rob. Uh, You're with Alcoholics Anonymous on 104.6 Planet FM. And we've had members of the fellowship in this morning sharing their experience, strength and hope about the journey of recovery from alcoholism. Uh, If you've identified with our speakers and you'd like to do something about your drinking, you can log on to aa.org.nz and uh, on the front page there is a drop-down box of all the uh, meetings in the Greater Auckland area. There's a list of about, about, uh, we have about 140-odd meetings each week in Auckland. And you'll also find the list of the meetings right throughout the country. Or you can phone 0800 AA Works and this will put you in contact with an AA member in your local area. So we'll be back here again next Sunday on 104.6 Planet FM at quarter to 11 with AA Meeting On Air. And we'll close our meeting with the Serenity Prayer. God, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference.